And that even in the body of Christ, they're following this crazy trend. He said, I'm shocked by the level of open animosity and disunity even among church leaders. And so I'm wondering, and here's his question, how are you handling these issues? He's asking me as a pastor. And so it's amazing. I had been praying all week long. God, what do you want me to speak to your people at this time? And uh, the word of the Lord just came to me out of the book of Jeremiah. Because I believe that in Jeremiah 29, it gives us some instructions on how you and I can respond to the times we're living in. I'm reading Jeremiah 29, chapter verses 4 through 7. And I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those who are carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 5. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Verse 7. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city in which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Don't listen to their dreams Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, and I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I want to speak to that. Let me just give you a little backdrop. Um, many of you know that as a nation, Israel uh, had continually sinned and disobeyed God. And so God raised up prophets to warn them that if, he, if they did not repent, that God would bring discipline and God would even use another, a foreign nation to discipline them. And Jeremiah was one of those prophets who was used of the Lord. And as a result of their disobedience, God brought the children of Israel into captivity. It was a very low point. The, 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 the temple was destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem their city was burnt down, was broken down, and their gates were burned with fire. And the people were certainly at a very low point. And here Jeremiah, at their low point, gives them a word of the Lord. And I believe it applies to you and I today. Because he's speaking to a people who have been exiled into an ungodly nation called Babylon. They were captive. But Jeremiah reminded them 
that even though they were exiled, they still had a responsibility to the nation where they were. And I believe that as Christians, one of the things that we need to understand that we have a due citizenship. How many of you know that this place is not our home? Can I have an amen? Sometimes we get tied down to where we live in this country, but how many of you know that we have a heavenly home one day, that God has prepared a heavenly nation for us, and that we're just sojourners, we're just foreigners passing through. Can I have an amen? And sometimes we forget that, but how many of you know we have a due responsibility? We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and I'm so glad that we belong to a kingdom that how many of you know that though everything around us is shaken how many know the kingdom of God is, is I mean you know it's not shaken it is all right because Jesus is on the throne how many know everything's gonna be all right it doesn't matter who's in and Jeremiah is reminding them that listen there's a due citizenship and likewise you and I have a due responsibility though we're citizens of heaven how many know we have a responsibility here and he gives us three admonitions and I want to talk to you about these three admonitions, there are three things that Jeremiah is giving them, and I want to speak to you from that. The first thing he tells them, and I'm going to put it in this order, he tells them that they're to pray for the nation where God has placed them. And in, in, in the second part of chapter 7, he said, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You know, one of the things that amazes me more than anything about the Lord is that though God is all-powerful, though He's all-knowing, though He's all-sufficient, He invites you and I to be a part of His plan. I don't know about you, but that's exciting that prayer is, the, is God inviting you and I to participate in, in His will. And Jesus said, so therefore when you pray, say, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. How many know it's prayer? Let me just say Prayer is not the least thing, but prayer is the greatest thing that you and I can do. Nations have been changed because of the prayers of godly men and women. And I want you to know that I'm calling you and I, and I'm asking you to participate with me. I'm calling for a week of prayer and fasting because I so believe that America's greatest problem is not political. I believe it's spiritual i said this all along from the beginning of this pandemic. Listen to me. Regardless of how you, what's your eschatology or how you view the times we're living in, I believe we're living in the end times. Anybody beside me believe we're living in the end times? And I'm telling you, we're living in times, and I believe that we need to recognize that as a nation that often we have turned our backs on the Lord. And I believe at the beginning of this pandemic God gave me a word from Hosea chapter 6 God says come and return to me he said for I have torn you and I will heal you he said I've wounded you and I will bind up your wounds I believe that that was a word from the Lord that God was reminding us though we have may have turned away from the Lord if we will return to the Lord how many you know I believe that God will come and begin to do a mighty work I believe that in times of our lowest times, that's when God often do his greatest work and right now if there was ever a time when our nation needs the prayers of godly people it is now the Bible tells us in the book of James is the earnest prayer of righteous 
men and women, righteous persons, has great power and wonderful results. Listen what the Message Bible says. The prayer of a person living right with God is powerful and something to be reckoned with. I want you to know throughout history, it has been the prayers of God's people that have often changed and turned the destiny. Many of you know, or most of you may not be aware, in the 1960s, we were at a similar time. There was racial unrest, protests. They had just uh, killed uh, uh, President Kennedy. They had assassinated Martin Luther King. There was rioting, burning down cities. I want you to know, we, were, we had just come out of the Vietnam War. We're in the middle of the Vietnam War. And there was a, a, a very low time in America's history. But I want you to know that it was in that time that God's people, say God's people, let me just say, how many of you are God's people would you rave at me? Let me just tell you, well, let me just tell you as God's people, it was at that time people began earnestly praying. And as a result of their earnest prayer, God responded by what we know today is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit we call the charismatic renewal. On the West Coast, it was called the Jesus Movement. And all over America, especially on the West Coast and East Coast, hippies who was, turn, who was strung out on drugs, who had, was, was rebelling on college campus, all of a sudden, God began to visit them. They began to be filled with the Spirit of God, saved marvelously, and many of them uh, became pastors and leaders today. How many of I believe that God can do it again? I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that if we will pray, I believe that God will move in a mighty way. The Bible tells us, listen, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he said, I urge that first of all, let prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all those in authority, that we might lead a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and holiness. You know, the greatest single thing we can do going into this election is pray. Pray for our leaders. You got to understand that who, who was Paul writing to right now? Do you know who was leading the government? There was a Roman emperor by the name of Nero. And Nero was so cruel and wicked, he literally set Rome on fire and then blamed it on the Christians and caused a whole-scale persecution of the church and the Christians. And yet in that environment, here's Paul saying, I urge you, therefore, pray. Pray for those in authority. Let me just tell you, prayer, pr prayer is the thing that can move and change the hearts of people. Let me, I like what the Bible says in Proverbs 21. The king's heart, how many believe that God can change the hearts of leaders? How many believe that, let me just say, when it looks hopeless, when it looks like God, I don't know what, what, which way to go. I believe that if we will pray, I believe that God will intervene. And that's where our hope is in. That's where our confidence is in. Listen, we know the, the scripture, you've heard it over and over again. God, when it comes to problems in a nation, God said, if I shut up heaven so that there's no rain, if I cause locust plagues to come on the land he said yet if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. How many believe that God can still heal America? How many believe that God can still let me just tell you notice 
God did God holding his people accountable. Why? Because we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Let me just say, if there's darkness out there, it's because somebody is failing to shine the light. God is holding you and I as people of God accountable to, to see this thing turn around. I believe that we could participate. We can't do it, but if we'll cooperate with God, if we'll pray and seek his face, I believe that God will turn. I believe that is is never too late. I was reading this morning as I was thinking of this. In the book of Joel, they were right in the midst of the worst plague. Many of you ever read the book of Joel. It was a locust plague that devastated the whole economy. It ate, you know, in an agricultural economy, you, you make your living on what you plant and what you grow. Even the livestock depends on it. And locusts came and destroyed all the crops, all the land, so that all the fruit trees and everything was destroyed. And the economy was in shambles. And Joel literally said this. That's all right, uh, Joe. Joe just recording. Amen. <laughs> Joel called, he said, he called a solemn assembly and he called for a time of prayer. But I like the even now. Things look bleak, but this is what he said in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping. Who knows? Perhaps he will send a blessing. How many know that I, I believe in the God we serve because he's a good God, because he's a merciful God? You know, I don't care how bleak it looks. I don't care how dark things look. I believe that if we will pray, I believe that if we will turn to the Lord, I believe that God can turn it around. That's what God is looking for. How many believe that God can turn it around? How many believe that God can visit us once again? I believe that, listen, God is waiting on us, and I believe that right now, if we will give ourselves to prayer and fasting, listen, if we will begin to turn to the Lord, so listen, I'm not telling you how to fast but I believe that if we'll in some way maybe just miss a meal each day and say God during that time I'm going to pray for our nation I'm going to pray for the upcoming election I'm going to pray that God that you that you will begin to set in office the Bible says God can raise one up and he can bring another down I believe if we'll pray God will answer how many believe that God answers prayer see one of the things that has excited me throughout ministry is to see how God has answered prayer the Bible says, who is like our God who's near to us when we call on him? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to our prayer. It's amazing what God has done in response to prayer. God wants you to be encouraged today. Listen, he hears our prayer. He hears the desperate cry of a believer. That's why I said, listen, call on me. Jeremiah 33. How many of you know God's phone number? Anybody know God's phone number? You, you got a phone number. God, God, he, but God doesn't depend on Verizon or, 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 or AT&T. But here's his number. It never, it's never busy. It's never out of order. Even if, the, even if the satellites go down, you can still reach him. It's called Jeremiah 33.3. It says, call on me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you, shall, that you do not know. Come on, let, let, let's believe that if we'll call on him, that God will move. Let's believe that, God is, that if we'll turn to the Lord and pray, that God will answer in a special way. I have, I have a hope 
And I have a confidence that, listen, that in the midst of things becoming so bleak, listen, if I didn't believe in God, I tell you, I, w- I, would, I would go to the hills and rent me a cabin and, and, and <laughs> buy me some guns and <laughs> like a lot of people are doing. You know what I'm talking about? But my confidence is not in the electoral process. My confidence is not in who's in the White House. My confidence is in the Lord. And how many you know he haven't vacated his throne? He's still on the throne. Come on. He rules over all the kingdom. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And of its rule, there'll be no end. And that's why you and I have to understand. That's why I don't fight people over politics. Don't fight people. Listen. Please, I'm telling you, as God's people, the world is never before. They need to see us as a people united. They need to see us as a people praying, depending on God. I'm not depending on what's happening in the White House. We're to pray, we're to participate, but my hope is in the Lord. And as long as I'm trusting in Him, I, how many of you know the Bible says that He has a way of working all things out together for our good? Come on, give Him some praise. God is at work. Let me just say God has not changed his plan. He still rules in the affairs of men. The second thing he tells us, and here's our part. Jeremiah 29, verse 7, the first part, he said, Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city which I've carried you in exile. That word peace is the word shalom. It's a Hebrew word that means the welfare, the prosperity, it means the health. In other words, we must work to promote what is good for our country. There's a part that you and I must play. Years ago, many, 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 many years ago, there was a great leader in the body of Christ. His name was St. Francis of Assisi. And he wrote these words. He said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. And where there's sadness, joy. You know, I believe that that ought to be the prayer of all of us. I mean, I, I believe that, that we need to be willing to see that God right now in the world we're living in, Father, make me an instrument of your peace. Where people are full of hate, God, come on, let me show love. Come on, I've been talking about how to, how to love, like Je- love like Jesus. Can I have an amen? Listen, the world needs to see an example of what the love of God is like. And I want you to know, sometimes when people uh, do you wrong or sometimes people cross you, that's an example to show them love. Sometimes it means humbling yourself. I, I, don't, I don't get it right all the time. Let me give you an example. This past week, I, I had to go get some paint from Sherwin-Williams. And, you know, I had called and gotten a quote. And, and so when I got to the place, the guy said, well, no, that's not the price. That's only the price if you're buying five gallons. I was only buying one gallon. And it was double the price. And, you know, I, I got so frustrated, I just walked out and, and left the guy hanging at the counter and just walked out the door. How I many of that ain't, the, that ain't, that ain't, that doesn't reflect the Lord. But you know, the Holy, say the Holy Spirit. This is what I love about the Holy Spirit. I got in my car and I was already in a rush. I was already tired. But the Holy Spirit said, go back and apologize. 
I got out of my car, and I go back in the, the guy walk in the store, and the guy said, you know, he kind of like, well, what do you want now? <laughs> I said, well, listen, I just want to apologize. I was wrong for getting frustrated at you. That's not your fault. Could you forgive me? He was totally shocked. How you know, when we begin to act like Jesus, the world begin to take note that something different about you. How many of you that's how God wants He wants us to, wherever there's disappointment, frustration, if we will walk in love, we can't do it in our own strength, but how many you know the Holy Spirit lives on inside of us? And if we will listen to the still small voice, see, my flesh wanted to just go out and leave upset and angry, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave me alone. Let's thank God for the Holy Spirit. Come on, He leads us, He guides us. And listen, I believe that we're called at this time. Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. How many you know in the Bible days, salt was used as a preservative. They didn't have refrigerators. And so whenever they caught meat or fish, they rubbed salt in it. And salt would stop the decay. How many you know God is saying, listen, Neil, wherever there's decay, I've called you to stop the decay. I've called you to bring my influence. It's the, we are called to bring a godly influence. See, if we act like the world, we can't change the world around us. But I mean, you know, that song, if, you want, if we want to see the change, we've got to become the change we got to be the change we want to see and I want you to know it starts with you and I acting like we are the citizens of the kingdom of heaven Jesus told us how we to conduct ourselves in the sermon on the mount and again like Francis Assisi wrote I want you to know that uh, we'd a, we'd a, we, instead of where people are offended we need to make a decision to forgive Whenever people are full of doubt and, and fear, we need to encourage them in faith. Not be demeaning, but let them know that, listen, I want you to know that you don't have to live in doubt. You don't have to live in fear. The God we serve, he has a way of working everything out. He has a way of protecting us. You know, I, I'm amazed at what God has done throughout this pandemic. Let me just give you an example. A lot of people are living in fear and they're afraid to get involved. Many of you know that we have been serving meals almost every week since March here's the good news I got a call from the guy at second harvest he said Neil do y'all understand he called me Pastor Neil he said do y'all realize that y'all served more than a half a, mi uh, a half a million pound of food he said y'all have been a blessing he said many people didn't want to come on let's thank God for that let me just tell you this is what he said he went on to say that you know what a lot of people weren't because of fear a lot of people were afraid to open up their food pantries and open up their doors and serve the community he said we don't know what we'd have done without you he said but because y'all opened the door he went on to say y'all been able to serve so many families that we've heard from that are needing that community now here's the good news because I've told y'all all along the safest place is in the center of the will of God I believe if you'll do God's will God will take care of you can I have an amen listen I'm not talking about foolishness not one but it's been almost eight months, almost eight months, we've had not one person in our whole time of feeding and serving over a half a million pounds of food, not one person got sick from COVID. Come on, let's give God praise. Let me just tell you, because I believe God makes a difference. And I believe that if we will 
Walk in his kingdom. I'm not talking about foolishness. I believe that we to take precaution. I believe that we to protect the vulnerable. I believe we need to be good citizens and good neighbors and watch out for people. But I don't believe we to live in fear. I'm telling you, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and love. And I'm telling you, listen, if people are hurting, I'm going to tell you it's our opportunity to heal them. I got a call. Let me just say the, the Department of Health and Hospitals I'm giving you all ahead a of time. They, they're, they're reaching out to us. Many people who have COVID right now, they're needing people who be willing to bring them food and run errands for them. And they're asking us, are we willing? And I told them, bring it on. We're willing. I'm not afraid. We're in a win-win situation. Listen to me. I'm telling you, I, I've told you all as believers if anybody ought not to be afraid, we should not be afraid. Paul said to live is Christ. To die is gain. We, 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 oh, how many ready to go to heaven? <laughs> how, many, how many excited about heaven? <laughs> Here's the reality. Something. The reality, we preach about heaven, but we don't believe it. Come on. Isn't it amazing? But I want you to know that, listen to me. I'm going to say it again, that if we're busy obeying God, I'm not talking about being foolish. I'm not talking about tempting the Lord. I'm not talking about doing things that, you know, I believe in, in, in being cautious and being, being wise. But I don't believe we're to live in fear. And I believe that if we'll do the will of God, then we can trust that God will protect us, whatever he called us to do. And I believe that right now, listen to me, it has been the pattern of the church throughout history that whenever there was disease, pandemics, famines, how many of it was a church that was responded? Do you know what caused the, the, the church to grow, in the, the early church to grow? Because when, when plagues broke out, in the early church and everybody fleed it was the christians who took care of the sick and the poor do you know that every hospital almost in the world has been started by christians in the church you see listen to me that's our legacy and so i want you to know that listen we are the wall to engage we're not called to isolate jesus said father don't take them out of the world but protect them from the evil one how many of you i believe he can still protect us can you i believe he's still our protector and so god is not calling us to run to the mountain and hide and get your guns He's called, listen, if, if, if chaos break out, we're going to be right there in the middle because wherever there's hatred, we're going to be there sowing peace and love. Can I have an amen? And so he said, seek the peace and the prosperity of the nation where I've called you. For if it's peace, you will have peace. I want you to know that we have been called to be good citizens. I like the way it says in Romans 13 of the Message Bible. Listen to what it says. Be a good citizen. All governments are under God insofar as there is peace and order. It's God's order. So live responsibly as a citizen. If you're responsible to the state, I'm sorry, if you're irresponsible to the state, then you're irresponsible with God, and God will hold you responsible. Listen, I wrote here, as Christians, we have a responsibility to make our nation better. We have a responsibility not just to pray for the nation, but to work to make it a better place, to, 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 to speak, to seek peace 
to seek shalom, to seek the, the welfare, the peace, the prosperity, and the health of the nation. Listen, if, when, when our world is hurting, it's our opportunity to heal a hurting world. And I want you to know that that's what we're called to do. I'm not running from the fight. I'm running to the fight. I believe that we've been called in a broken and a hurting world. We're called to bring God's healing love and his healing bone. I believe he's still in the business of healing broken lives, broken hearts, and broken communities. Can I have an amen? If riots break out, how many know we're going to be a part of the solution? We're not going to be part of the problem. Some of you say, I'm, I don't know about you. I got my gun. Well, I don't even have a gun. I'm going to trust you to have your gun. Come on. Jose said he got, he got me. Come on. Thank God he got me. Amen. But I'm letting you know that the times we're living in, Jeremiah said, first of all, pray for the nation. He said, secondly, seek the peace. Seek the shalom. That's our call. Part of that means, listen, it means fulfilling our God-given responsibility to elect good leaders. We live in a democratic nation, and we have the privilege to vote. I believe that every one of us should register and vote. I believe that one of us should fulfill our God-given responsibility and go to the polls and vote. I know some of you shake your say, Lord, Lord it's like who to, who to vote for. Is, is some say, <laughs> it ain't an easy decision. I'm not here to tell you who to vote. I'm glad that ain't on me. But I believe if we will pray, God will show us. Ex ex Exodus 18, 21 says, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials. We have a God-given responsibility to seek and select out people who best represent God's, God, God's order of leadership. But listen, when neither candidate is trustworthy or hate dishonest gain, then we must select the worst of two evils. But I believe to not be involved, I believe is not fulfilling our civic responsibility. How do, I, how do I choose? Somebody, one of my members reached out and how I choose. I say, listen, sometimes I don't just, when, when, when I can't always look at the person, sometimes I look at the platform. What was the best platform that represents God's kingdom? Listen, this is not politics. This is biblical. These are some of the things that we're we, we going to select leaders to make decisions on. Who, who best will promote justice? Who best will defend the unborn? Who best will uphold God's definition for the family? Who best will care for the poor? Who best will promote equality? These are decisions that we have a choice, and I believe we have a God-given responsibility to pray, and then secondly, to go to the polls and vote. This is not a political message. This is a biblical message. Just as Jeremiah said, seek the peace of the city. We have a responsibility. I'm not telling you who to vote, but I believe if you'll pray, I believe that God will speak to you. I believe that God will guide you. I believe that God will direct us. See, because I believe we'll pray, God knows how to raise one up and bring another down. I'm praying, God, you bring 
the people who you want. God, you bring us leaders who you want right now. There, we're, we're in a very challenging time as our nation. We have leaders who have agendas that are clearly unbiblical, that want their people who are being used of the devil have to be wise, who want to bring destruction to our nation. And we have to be wise and prayerful. We need to, one of the things I'm praying is God silence the mouth of the devil. Silence those who would seek to destroy and divide. The Bible says the enemy, he, the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so I'm praying, God, God silence. I'm praying, God, expose every hidden, every wrong agenda. Because, I'm, you know, sometimes you can't always go by what they say. How many of you have found that out? How many of you know, so that's why we got to be prayerful. We got to be discerning. We got to say, God, show me. And I believe if we'll pray, God will show us. But that brings me to my final point this morning. We must be people of hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Let, let me just, I want to, before I, I move on, let me just say something. When Christians and Christian leaders align themselves to any political party, they do God a disfavor. I'm telling you, part of the divide we're having right now is because we made God a Democrat or God a Republican, and God doesn't ride on donkeys or elephants. Can I have an amen? <laughs> oh, yeah, let me just say, I, I'm telling you, God, God, he's Lord, he's king of kings, and he's Lord of, and listen to me. I'm letting you know that when we, we, we have much of the church is divided because we're promoting parties. Listen to me. I know that I, whether that we have here in the church, we have Democratic, we have Republicans, we have Independents. We have all, but listen to me. When we allow our political affiliation to usurp our kingdom responsibility, we're sinning against God. In other words, when we are so busy promoting affiliate uh, uh, people and we forget to promote Jesus, we may, or if we affiliate Jesus sometimes with the wrong character of individuals, we we undermine who Jesus is. And I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not aligning I'm not aligning with nobody but Jesus. Can I have an amen? I'm gonna vote, but listen to my allegiance is to Jesus. My allegiance is not to a Democrat, to a Republican, or any. My allegiance to Jesus. Anybody here allegiance to Jesus? See, that's what brings us together because only He died on the cross for us. Only His blood redeems us. And lastly, we must be people of hope. What do I mean by that? Hope is defined as an anticipation and an expectation of good. Hope is an optimistic mindset based on an expectation of a positive outcome. See, Jeremiah was writing to the people and he was saying, listen, regardless of your condition in Babylon, regardless of high, bad situations, God's plan, I like the fact that God still has a plan. God's plan says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you 
a hope, and a future. You know why I am optimistic, Mark? It's because God is still in the control. You know why I'm optimistic? Because this word tells me that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world before the end comes. The Bible tells me clearly the reason why I have hope is because, you know what, this gospel, this, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And God, I want you to know that the Bible tells that every person that God has appointed to salvation, he's going to save. The Bible said that the harvest is the end of the age. And so the Bible talks about though there's going to be perilous times in the last days, yet the Bible also says in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I believe we're living in a time. I believe that we're going to see the greatest in-gathering of souls the world has ever seen. Let me just tell you, I believe that before Jesus come, I believe that he's coming for people that listen, he's going to move on our nation and I believe regardless of how he does it see I don't get a chance to tell God how to do it what, what, whatever God decide to however he decide listen if God got to allow further judgment to bring people to him let it be I want his will because more than anything you know what I want to see people saved I want to see people come to know the Lord I want to see the people one day spend heaven eternity in heaven and I know this about the Lord that listen God is still in control, and I have discovered that God will work through things that I never thought possible. Many of y'all remember in 2016 of March, we had a tornado hit our building, did two and a half million dollars of damage. I walked on these grounds, and I want to tell you, on the inside, like, God, we in the we didn't help so many people. Why you let this tornado hit us? <laughs> There's 75 churches in this. God, why you let us hit us? <laughs> you ever felt that God that ain't fair? But you know, something began to rise up on the inside. Neil, listen to me. I hadn't changed my plan. We, t we, we, were, we started out the year with fasting and praying. We were enthusiastic. We're going to pay off this building. And all of a sudden, now we get hit by a tornado and did all this devastation and looked like everything was falling apart. But here's the amazing thing, that God used the devastation of a tornado. Listen to me. He took what the devil meant for bad. God took it. And it don't even make sense that in the midst of a tornado, God enabled us to do a $1 million renovation. God enabled us to pay $1.8 million on the, on the balance of this church and on, on, the, uh, on the balance of the mortgage. In the midst of the tornado, God did the most amazing thing, and God set us up so that today, we, the reason why we're debt free is because God used a tornado to set us up. Come on. And I want you to know, listen to me. It reminded me. See, sometimes it might look like a setback. But how many of you know it was just a setup? Somebody look, say the word setup. I'm telling you, listen, right now we look at what's happening in our nation. It might look like a setback. But God said it's just a setup. I'm turning around, and God can use a tornado. God can use a hurricane. God can use a pandemic. And I want you to know, listen, this is why we have a hope, because God says all things. Say all things. Come on, say all things. Come on, say it. Say all things. 
are working together. Come on, say it. All things are working together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purposes. I'm telling you, people, the reason why we got hope is because we got a promise from God. God says, I don't care what it looked like. It might look like a setback. It might look like it didn't turn out like you want. But God says, it's just a setup for a comeback. God's about to do something great. You know why? Not because we're good, but because He's good. Come on, give God some praise because He's good. He's a good God. And that's why he said to you and I today, I know the plans that I have for you. It might not look like it's going to work out. It might look like we got fires on the West Coast, hurricanes in the Gulf. 225,000, almost 230,000 have died of pandemic. Unrest, cities on fire, rioting, looting. Oh, I want you to know it don't look so good. But I want you to know that even in the midst of sometimes the worst situations, Judith, God is at work. And I'm telling you, just like God told me with that tornado, listen to me. When I came on the ground, I saw the devastation, the building fall down, the brick wall falling down. God, and then we get a call from the insurance company, and it tells us we underinsured, underinsured, and it wouldn't even cover the whole damage. That was some bad news. Oh, but say, but God. Look at somebody and say, but God. Come on, tell somebody, but God. Oh, I want you to know. Say, look at somebody and say, but God. Because when things are at its worst, uh, God has a way. Come on, that's the God we serve. He has a way of saying what man meant for evil. He has a way of turning around. And that's why I can stand here and tell y'all, I think we should be involved. We should pray. We should vote. But I'm standing here to tell you it doesn't matter who's in the White House long as God is on the throne. He's going to work it out. I say he's going to work it out, Kenny. I say he's about to do something. Because you know what? Nobody's going to stop the plan of God. Nobody's going to hinder what God is going to do. Because God has a plan for us. God has a plan for his people. How many are people of God in you? Listen to me. God said, I have a plan for you. And I don't care what it looks around you. I don't care what's happening around you. God said, I have a plan for you. And my plan is good and not evil. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a good future. Come on, give God some praise right now. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged regardless of what happens. I'm closing in a word of prayer. I put this last scripture on your handout. I'm just going to read it as I close in prayer. Hebrews 12 says this way. Hebrews 12, it says, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicate removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire.
when we feel unsure about the future, we can take confidence that no matter what happens here, our future is on a sure foundation, a foundation that cannot be shaken, that cannot be destroyed. When everything around you is shaken, if you're standing on the rock, I want you to know that you'll not be moved. While heads are bowed and believers are praying, Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for reminding us that we have an obligation as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That, God, our first obligation is to pray, God. Lord, I pray that you would move upon the hearts of men and women that through this coming week, that we will pray for our nation because your, your word says if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek your face, you will hear from heaven. God, come on, Father, start with us. May we be a people of prayer. Lord, secondly, you tell us that we to seek the peace, the shalom of the nation where we are. God, we live in America. God, we, may we not run to the hill, but Lord, may we be involved. May we be instruments of your peace, instruments of your love. God, that where there's hurt, may we bring healing. Where there's sadness, may we bring joy. God, where there, where, where there, where there, where there are people, Lord God, full of fear and doubt, may we bring faith, Lord God. Father, help us to shine your light. And lastly, Lord, I pray, may we be people of hope. Lord, we have a confident hope in you because our hope is in you, Lord God. We thank you that we have a confident expectation that is all going to work out. God, I thank you for this morning. I pray for those who are here. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've been filled with worry. Maybe you've been anxious. Maybe your heart's been heavy. You look at all the news and maybe you've even sometimes battled with discouragement or depression I want you to know that God wants to say to you today that he's your hope if you'll stand and place your faith and your feet on the solid rock he'll give you a future and a hope you won't be easily moved but maybe that's you today and you you say pastor that's me I've been maybe not be over the election but because of all that's going on because of, we got parents who, God, I'm concerned about my children. I, I've been worried and I've been living in fear. I just feel today that the Lord wants me to pray for you. If you're here today and you've been bothered, you've been anxious, you've been worried, and you say, Pastor, that's me, would you just pray for me? Just slip your hands up all over this place. That's you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that. I see those hands. Listen to me. God wants you to know. He understands. I just want to pray for you. Father, I pray this morning for those that hope, have hope. Listen to me. If you, if your life is totally shaken, maybe you need to evaluate, are you standing on the rock, Christ Jesus? If you've never fully trusted in Him, today you can trust in Him. That's where we find our security. That's where we find our hope. Is when we place our faith in Him. And so I want to pray for two groups this morning. I want to pray for those of you that maybe you've been concerned and worried and full of anxiety and not been sleeping good. I want to pray for you. But if you're here today and you've never fully put your trust in Jesus, just say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I put my trust in you.
forgive me of my sin. Today, I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now, Lord, I just pray for all of those who today who full with worry, anxiety, fear, Lord, even concern, Lord, whatever it may be. God, I pray that today, that God, that you would strengthen them. I pray that this is the word for some of you. He's, the Lord says, cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. And so, Lord, every parent who's concerned over the child, I pray that today, Lord, we'll just roll our cares on you. That God, we'll lay it at your feet. That God will be reminded that, Lord, you're still in control. When our world's even out of control, Lord, help us to be reminded you're still in control. And so, Lord, I pray this morning for everyone here. I speak peace to their troubled waters. I speak peace to their troubled mind. I speak peace to every situation that they're dealing with, Lord. God, today I speak the shalom of God. I speak today, Lord God, that it will be well with their soul because they've chosen to trust in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say it, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord this morning.